0: Turn to your neighbor and say, it's go time. Say with all of us together, I'm ready to go. Next weekend, Valley Creek Go, VC Go is next weekend. Pastor Andrew will come at the end of the service and give some more details, but next weekend is it. All of our efforts are coming together next weekend, May 21st and 22nd, VC Go, Valley Creek Go. We're gonna be serving Saturday, Sunday, in multiple places. We have well over 100 people who have agreed to serve in some capacity. We were going for 150 and we are well on our way. Uh, If you haven't been involved or haven't signed up, Andrew will come and tell us how to do that. But also, don't forget, Saturday, we're serving. Sunday morning, we're serving. Saturday, excuse me, Sunday night, we're gathering together here at five o'clock for our culmination service. Our nine o'clock worship, our 1030 worship, our South Wilson crew will all be here together next Sunday night at five o'clock, five o'clock. What time next Sunday night? Five o'clock. And we will be all together celebrating what God has done over the weekend. And then we will have a barbecue. All right. That should be worthy of an amen. All right a barbecue here on the grounds to just just spend some time fellowshipping together Sunday night. So VC go next weekend. You'll hear a little bit more about that at the end of the service. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, I invite you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I'm gonna read from verse 58, the last verse of chapter 15, and then the first four verses of chapter 16. As we continue this series, Valley Creek Go, today I wanna speak and share with you about going through giving, go by giving. Several years ago, it's probably been well over a decade, a study was done in America to try to determine who were the most generous of our society. Of our country. They pitted two groups in comparison. They pitted one group that they were declaring the wealthiest of Americans who earned well over $250,000 a year annual income, a quarter of a million. The other group they compared were those they were considering the most struggling of Americas who were hovering around the poverty line. I think at that point The poverty line was about $30,000 annually a year. They pitted these two groups together. They studied them, they analyzed them, they did statistical analysis and they were trying to figure out of the two groups which were the more generous, which of the two had more generosity in their life. And the assumption was that those from the wealthier group, the wealthier category, making over a quarter million a year, would be the more generous of groups because they had more means, they had more opportunity, they had more expendable income. But do you know what they found? Do you know what they discovered? It was not the wealthy group that showed the most generosity. It was actually the group hovering around the poverty line. The group that had less means, less income, less opportunity, were actually the more generous of the two. And the researchers tried to figure out why. They tried to pinpoint the reason. And they came to the conclusion that more than likely the impoverished group was more generous because they had an attitude that I need to help others because one day I might need some help myself. That they had a compassion for people who were in a similar experience as they were. They knew times were tough and therefore they were generous with what they had because they could possibly in the days ahead need some help. And that the wealthier group because they had so much they had never really been in need they had never really been in want they didn't feel compelled to give because they never in their wildest dreams thought they might ever need assistance that's what the researchers offered as a suggestion of why well i want to offer my hunch I I don't have anything in the research to back it up. I have nothing in the study to say this is how I see it. This is just Shane's opinion. I think that part of the group that were the more generous, even in their poverty, they were more compelled to give. I believe a larger percentage of those surveyed actually had something in addition to the poverty line as part of the classification. I believe firmly an enormous number of those in that group were followers of Jesus. I believe They found, incidentally, a large group of believing, God-honoring, Christ-serving followers of Jesus inside of their group. And because they are compelled by God, commanded by God, called by God, they have been so blessed by God's hand. They have Jesus in their heart and God's spirit in their life and they have the hope of eternity ahead. They have this generosity heart because of who Jesus is in their life. And the study didn't prove that. But I think that's what was actually happening. And not to say there weren't followers of Jesus in the wealthy group, but I just believe something was going on in that other side that had a result in generosity because faithful, honoring to God, Disciples of Christ are generous people. Followers of Jesus go by giving. Even when they don't have enormous amounts in their bank account, because of Jesus and because of what they received and because of the love they have in their hearts prompted by God, they go by giving because Jesus gave his life for them and they feel compelled to serve. We're gonna talk about giving today and I can already tell by the body language, this might be a rough road to hoe, if you know my expression. Giving sometimes makes people feel real anxious and real uncomfortable. And I just wanna ask you to set all of that aside because this message really isn't about you specifically, it's not about each family, this is about us as Valley Creek. This is a group message. This is a church message. This is us united as a faith family, more so than us as individuals. Because the instructions that we have been following, the lead to go by sharing, go by serving, now go by giving, is something that we are doing together as a faith family, as Valley Creek. And so I certainly want to ask you to set your apprehensions aside and let us think together as a group. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 58, the Apostle Paul is sharing an us message, a group message with a gathered body of believers in the city of Corinth. Corinth is in Greece and it's a very uh, influential town. There's lots of resources there. It's a transportation hub. It's an industry hub. It's a commerce hub, still even to this day. I've been to Corinth a couple times. Um, Still 2,000 years removed, it's still a hopping city. And it seems as though that because of the wealth of the town and the wealth of the community, that there were believers in the church of Corinth who had some means who had some resources. And so Paul is guiding them in how together as a church they should go by giving. Uh, Listen to verse 58 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He concludes this 15th chapter by saying, Therefore, my beloved brothers, including the sisters, it's all together in the word brothers, Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Would you read that verse with me together, all of us united out loud? Would you join me in reading verse 58? Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Be steadfast, be immovable, be intentional about abounding and growing and increasing in your work for the Lord. Be assured that everything you do in the name of God will never, ever, ever be in vain. Oh, friends, next weekend, next weekend, we are going to be working for the Lord. Amen. Over a hundred of us are going to be serving for the Lord in some capacity, in some area, doing something. And no task, whether it's the largest or the smallest, whether it's the Handicap ramp, removing the tree, packing the boxes, writing the cards, making food for our widows. No task that we do next weekend will be done in vain because every single one of those things will be done unto the Lord. And the word here is be steadfast and immovable because we know that in the Lord. Everything we do for Him and for His glory will never, ever be in vain. Friends, isn't that a good word? Now, this is sort of like the sermon on top of the sermon. This is the, the cherry on top. Friends, we have an opportunity to serve in Valley Creek Go, and we can be assured every effort, every minute, every hour, everything that happens will not be in vain because it's being done for Him and in service of our God. Well, that's verse 58, which then transitions into chapter 16. And chapter 16 gives specific instructions about a collection that he wants them to know about. And it's not specific to an individual. It's to the body. It's to the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1. Now, concerning the collection for the saints, If it seems advisable that I should go also, they will accompany me. Let me just make a few observations, and these will be fast and furious. And they will come at us in rapid succession. In regard to this giving, and regarding to this collection, and regarding to this church doing something together in an effort of generosity... Paul encourages them then and us now to have a spirit of giving that is ongoing. Giving that is ongoing. He says in verse 2, on the first day of every week, put something aside. The first day of the week, the Lord's Day, Sunday, he encourages them to come together as they're a body, as they're one one another in worship, collect something, gather something, store something up in the way of financial giving. Because there could be an occasion where you're able to then respond to a need, to some circumstance, and you don't have to then work a collection up at that point. You've been making a collection, making an offering, making a sacrifice in an ongoing way. Friends, a body of believers like Valley Creek, we are called to worship the Lord in spirit and truth, to hear the word of God preached, to pray in spirit and in truth, to walk together in fellowship, and a regular part, a consistent part, an ongoing part of our life together should be the gathering of resources to meet needs in this world and in this community. I mean, we can put something aside, we can be ready for charity, be ready for ministry, be ready for missions, be ready for benevolence, be ready to serve. Because spiritual giving is a spiritual practice. Giving is something that requires the exercise of the giving muscle. It requires an ongoing, regular exercise of this Thing called the giving muscle and we do it better and better and better if we are regular and consistent in it he says on the first day of every week put something aside have something ready make something as a sacrifice unto the lord But he takes it a step further and he mentions on the first day of every week that the giving should also be gathered, gathered, collected, giving that is gathered. He says on the first day of every week, each one of you, every one of you, all of you, lean in with me here. Let me ask you a question. Can we do more together than we can do individually? Can we? Absolutely, we can do more together as a body, as a collection together, as a combined corporate group than we can as individuals. And this is what he's referring to. Everybody, everybody in the Corinthian church makes some contribution, makes some gift, brings something together for giving. It eludes. It to the previous metaphor in 1 Corinthians where Paul says you're a one body, but many members. You're all together in this one body, but there's the hands and the feet, the eyes and the ears, and they're all necessary for the work of the body. And he then alludes here that every single one of the people of Corinth can have a part to play. I say this, to you, my brothers and sisters of Valley Creek. And if we were all united, if we were all together, if we all came and combined our resources, we could do so much more together in this community and in this area than we could apart. we We got 50, almost over 50 kids that wanna go to camp. I would love, I would love if we could pay the whole lot for the whole bunch. And that may not be possible, may not even be practical. But I believe when students are encouraged and uplifted and drawn to the Lord, you know what happens in the life of a church when teenagers start becoming on fire for Christ? Oh man, it sets a blaze on the entire body. I would love, I would love for us, we have a mission team this summer spending time in Latin America. I would love to knock the socks off the giving that we need to give To the folks going down to Latin America, they're taking shoes and backpacks. What if we filled a crate and a crate and another crate full of backpack and shoes to take down south? I would love for us, you know, we we talk about South Wilson as our our church. On another part of town, we got a church plant. I know it was a restart, then a relaunch, and then we're funding it and we're encouraging it. And there's 50 to 70 to 80 folks gathered at South Wilson. What if Springfield Road was so compelled, so gathered, so corporately minded that we just flooded the resources at South Wilson so that that part of the town could have a church plant that was thriving and running and going and serving? Can you tell I'm a little fired up? I got a little, little fight in me today because a church that's on mission and a church that's gathering its resources and a church that has every single person giving in some fashion. And let me say this friends, the amount matters not. It's the combined effort of the team and the group that makes all the difference. When we pull together and link arms and love the Lord and serve in this community, we will give and give and give a church that's generous. Oh, I might need to say something here. A church that is generous is a church that's alive. A church that is selfish is on a pattern toward death. We come together And we show generosity and we show charity and we find it in our hearts and our minds to give whatever we can sacrificially. As the amount gets larger, our reach goes further and Christ is honored more and more. Now, I don't wanna be a part of a church that's selfish. I'm around selfish people all day long. I wanna be around a group of believers who are so generous that it shows in everything they do. Well, I'm getting off the script, so sorry. The third thing I wanna show you is that Paul refers to a giving that is growing. Giving that is growing. He says on the first day of every week, each one of you is to put aside, something aside and store it up as he may prosper. Now let me unpack this it seemed as though the Corinthian church are experiencing greater and greater prosperity financially, greater and greater prosperity in their work and in their businesses. And therefore, as they have grown financially, he is saying, every one of you, as you experience prosperity, your generosity should also follow that increase. Now, I'm I'm gonna say a thing here. That I'm already a little nervous about. But the 9 o'clock service said I could deal some straight truth. Can I deal it here at 1030? Can I bring a little something to you that might feel a little harsh? I believe with everything in me. That there is a potential with the church that's growing. To start hoarding financially to really start sacking it and stocking it away. And as prosperity increases, the savings account and the checking account and the building fund and the CDs and investments all start to follow. And I believe this. A church that begins to hoard the financial resources that have been given is a church heading for disaster. I also believe, with all of my heart, that a church that is heavily in debt is asking for trouble. I believe you cannot, if you are properly managing God's resources and you're properly stewarding that which God has given, a congregation, a faith family, a body of Christ should not be heavily in debt and should not have thousands in the checking account. Because I don't believe there is any guidance in the scripture that a church, a faith family should be heavily in debt or heavily In the black. I don't think we should be walking indebtedness to banks and financial institutions, and I don't think we should be living and stockpiling resources when there is a need among us and whenever generosity is available to us. I mean, if Jesus came back today, if he returned this afternoon as your acting lead shepherd, I don't want Jesus to ask me, Why are you in debt and why are you sitting on my cash? Why are you sitting on gifts that God has blessed? and offered in this congregation. I want us to be lean and mean, not owing to anyone and not stockpiling anything. I think good stewardship says, have a rainy day fund. Good stewardship says, at times you might need to borrow a little bit of money. At times you might need to finance a little bit of a building or a mission project I don't say that those things are sinful or wrong I just simply say don't do it often and when you do pay it off or spend it don't stockpile and don't go in debt because I don't believe either one of those things honor the Lord wow okay let's leave that part alone for a minute Luke, you felt compelled to talk about surrender. I felt compelled to talk about hoarding. I'm going to need a new undershirt after this service is over. I have sweat through this one several times over. Let me give you just two final thoughts. He mentions a giving that is ongoing and gathered and growing. He also mentions a giving that is outward. He says in verse 3 When I arrived, I will send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. They're in Corinth, in Greece, and they are sending a gift to Jerusalem, quite a distance away. Verse 1 mentioned the same thing. He said, Now concerning the collection for the saints, that's the saints in Jerusalem, I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. So watch this. He has instructed the Corinthian church in Greece to give to believers in Jerusalem that by land is nearly 2,000 miles away. By sea, about 900 miles. He also encouraged the group of churches in Galatia. Galatia is not a city. It's a region. It's a territory. It's like uh, the South Eastern part of the United States, it's a large land mass. Every one of the churches in Galatia, he encouraged them, you too are to send your gift to Jerusalem. They're in modern day Turkey. Go to Jerusalem in Israel. That's about 1,500 miles away. But it wasn't just them. We have in other parts of Paul's writing, a very active part of the New Testament church was that every one of the Greek believing churches gave money back to the Jerusalem church. We had this happening in Macedonia, which is in northern Greece. They were also giving to believers in Jerusalem. Listen to 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1 through 5. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means, of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. The Macedonian churches are giving to the folks in Jerusalem. And it's clear that they're not alone either, that actually the southern Greece, the Achaeans are also giving to the Lord. In Jerusalem, listen to Romans 15, verse 25 through 27. Paul writes, at present, however, I am going to Jerusalem bringing aid to the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. For they were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they also ought to be of service to them in material blessings. Let me make this point. This is really my final point. Corinthians are giving to people that they will never, ever meet, never, ever see. Folks in Galatia are giving to people they will never, ever meet, never, ever see. Folks in Macedonia, northern Greece, giving to people they'll never meet, never see. Achaia, southern Greece are giving to people they will never meet, never see. Because they, at this stage and at this point in Greece and in Asia Minor, they are the wealthier of the believing groups. The saints in Jerusalem are in poverty. The saints in Jerusalem are under persecution. The saints in Jerusalem are feeling the desperation. And friends, I want to offer you this. Right now in our world, we, the body of believers in Christ in America, we are the wealthy ones. We have brothers and sisters around the world who we will never meet nor ever see. I mean, the beauty of being a part of God's kingdom is you have brothers and sisters living in foreign lands, living in other places, speaking other languages of other ethnicities, of other tribes. And one of the ways we can prompt generosity is we can give to places where we will never, ever go. We will give to people we will never, ever meet. We can help those in hard places, because we are the generous, believing brothers and sisters they have in America. And right now, right now, there are brothers and sisters in Ukraine. They're living in train tunnels in a war-torn world that we can support through giving There are brothers and sisters right now who are still dying because of drought, waiting for food, rice, water, milk. Right now, right now, there are brothers and sisters still waiting for the COVID vaccine to make it to their country. And we have plethora of them and we can be part of the support and generosity to see that they can live another day without dying of COVID. I mean, the beauty of being in the kingdom of God and in the body of Christ is that we get to be generous to those who need it most. And if that means we may never see them with our human eyes, we will be with them in heaven forever and in eternity. Oh, friends, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, Your labor, your giving will never be in vain. I want to invite the praise team to join me. Paul's encouragement to the Corinthians is to give ongoing, to give when you gather, to give more and more as your prosperity grows, to give outward to people you may never meet but he also shows that giving should be personal. Giving should be personal. This message is for us as a body, a group, fellowship. But it also can be a message for those individually personal. Paul writes, if you deem it necessary, if you deem it advisable that I should go, I'll go. I'll carry your gift. And maybe this morning you are recognizing I need to be a part of it. For some reason, giving gets most folks stirred up and they feel anxious and they feel condemned and they feel infringed upon. Leave all of that aside and simply ask yourself personally, individually, is there a heart of generosity there? A heart of sacrifice? A heart that's willing to help those you'll never meet? never see? Is there a heart inside of you that wants to be part of God's kingdom extended? You may not be able to share the gospel with folks on the other side of the world. You may not be able to serve them in Christ's name, but one of the ways you can ensure the gospel gets to them is by giving, by sharing, by being generous. I'm going to invite you to bow your heads Close your eyes, I'm just going to say a prayer over us. And as we enter into this time of invitation and response, I wonder if something's gotten personal. Something's hit a little closer to home. There's no judgment, there's no condemnation, there's no undue burden. But as a follower of Jesus, a follower of Christ, As one who has been saved by the blood of the Lamb, we are called and compelled to be generous. We are called to go by sharing, go by serving, go by giving. And I ask you, is that a calling you have taken hold of? So Lord, I come to you now in this moment of invitation and response and I pray whatever your spirit has said, whatever your word has guided us in that we would be obedient to respond appropriately, And that you would rise up within the faith family of Valley Creek, generosity upon generosity, and a heart that wants to give over in abundance. We ask your movement now in Jesus' name. Amen.